Picks it up. Sends in Kiki. Severing pass. Pacwa has his first NHL goal. A generous bounce. To the Something's Brewing podcast, episode 78. 78. The Ray Bork plus Jeremy Swayman 77 plus one episode. Oh, Me is and- this the first episode we've ever had where there wasn't a jersey number representing the number that we're on? No, we had another one, but we did um, somebody's um, goals that season. I forget who it was, but we had yeah. another one. I forget who it was, but... Um, before we dive into it, um, I just want to remind everybody we are in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods. You can follow our show's Twitter account at Bruin Something, no G at the end. You can follow our YouTube at Something's Bruin. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, happy welcome back to hockey season, everybody. Um, the Woo! All-Star game is over. Um, honestly, a, a pretty fun all-star weekend to be honest it was better than most years it wasn't too shabby what did you uh oh sorry i just got excited we just got another dm in last minute those always get me amped um let's go (laughs) what did you think about the uh the all-star skills competition this year because i'm gonna be honest i didn't watch it because i was busy but i did see a whole lot of clips on twitter and it looked pretty pretty electric except for kucherov it looked pretty electric this year yeah, no, I, honestly, I was out to dinner during the skills comp, so I didn't get to watch too much of it. I was peeking back and forth every now and then. Um, yeah, I saw Kucherov basically just throwing the middle finger to the NHL, Gary <laughs> Bettman, the fans. Honestly, kind of respect it. I, he's, he saw the million-dollar prize, and he said, I don't need that. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I did see Kale McCarr, 102-mile-an-hour slap shot, got a reaction out of Austin Matthews. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Bieber, obviously behind the bench with Montgomery. That was sick. Um, yep. Will Arnett, Michael Buble on mushrooms and then Tate McCray <laughs> just stealing the show. That was, you know, oh, I, I, it was, um, is it what's chaos? Is that the show that DJ Bean and Pete Blackburn have? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you see the, vi- I think it was them that put it out of, uh, Frank Vetrano. Did you watch that video they put out about him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh my god, it was hilarious. It was well, hilariously sad. It was like three minutes <laughs> long, and they like sat down, and it was almost like a mini documentary about Frank Vetrano. I don't know if it was them asking him questions or if it was like clips that they've pulled from prior interviews he's had because Frank Vetrano was undrafted, and yeah. they kind of talked about like his rise, um, you know, like how he was undrafted, and that really sucked, and like he always had a chip in his shoulder. And he's been working his whole life to make sure 
uh, not to make sure, but he's been working his whole life, his whole life to prove himself, to prove to everybody else that he should have been drafted, that he deserves a spot in the NHL. Undrafted Bruins signed him. He was a fourth line, bottom six guy. The Bruins let him go. He exploded. He had like 24 goals or something in Florida. And then, you know, he's kind of bounced around. Now he's out in uh, Anaheim and he finally gets an all-star nod. Another saying for the guy who's never been drafted before, for the guy who was undrafted, who's a bit of a journeyman, who had to make his name in the NHL, he's now an all-star and he's going to get drafted to an NHL all-star team. Finally, he's going to get drafted. And he was one of the final four players and they change it this year. So the last four players have to open an envelope and they just get put on a team. They don't actually get drafted. Oh, <laughs> so, no. so he's still never been drafted. <laughs> oh my God. Frank Vetrano just can't catch a break, dude. I know. And I, I was reading the comments and everybody was like, oh my God, like I'm heartbroken for Frank. It was actually really funny. You're right though. That is like hilariously sad. It's just kind of like, it's weird because I've seen all these Twitters lately, all these Twitters lately. I've seen all these videos <laughs> on Twitter lately where it's like, sometimes you can't outrun your destiny. And it's like, you know, like a ball, like like one of those cement balls outside of like Target, it rolls yeah. away and then it rolls all the way back and like I ends up in today. the same spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Frank Vetrano. Frank Frank Vetrano is the cement ball outside of Target. That's just who he is. <laughs> it was, uh, no, I mean, I know that I, I especially have been very critical of the NHL All-Star game in the past. So I think, ooh, I almost pulled at you. So I think uh, <laughs> it would be a little hypocritical for me to be, um, uh, to to kind of shit on it when I didn't even watch it this year, so I'm really not going to say anything bad about it. I will say that a lot of a lot of what I was seeing from people who did watch it say that it was a lot better this year than it's been in the past. Yeah. Um, I thought that the what was the skills competition that McDavid won? Little bullshit. I mean, he designed it, no, and now he gets bit. to <laughs> now he gets to win the million. He won by like three seconds too, which was impressive. Yeah. Um, that was cool. What else? You mentioned the hardest shot competition. Char, is anybody going to take Chara's crown? What do you have? 108 no. points something. I mean, nobody's even. As soon as Shea Weber retired, nobody's really coming close anymore. Well, I mean, it, there might be a little bit of collusion there um, because had they had Derek Forbert take a hardest shot, I mean, he had a chance at it. That's true, but you have to think if if he were to go to the All Star game and take the hardest shot. I mean, his trade value is only going up. I mean, that I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think Don Sweeney's phone is going to be ringing and people wanting to pick him up in a in a trade. Yeah, I mean, a little, I mean, a, a little unfair shot at Dark Forward to start this episode <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, the format of the All Star was All Star game was kind of cool. How they had the four teams tournament style. Um, Jim Montgomery taking home the trophy with uh, Justin Bieber. I believe it was Austin Matthews and David Pasternak chirping the city of Toronto saying, oh, oh yeah, like, like, um, you know, they, the city like needed a win or something. It's been a while. Something yeah. along those lines. Toronto fans were so mad about that, too. Did you see them on Twitter? They were, they, so I, I saw one of them say like, oh, like, you know, uh, David Pasternak is he talks like he had one of those uh, 2011, uh, 2011 rings. Shut up. Shut yeah. the hell up. He's 2-0 and against him in the playoffs. He dominates mm-hmm. them, and not even just him. The Bruins dominate them seemingly every time they match up against one another. He's been to a Stanley Cup final. He's been to an Eastern Conference final. And I, they, like the person who tweeted that was like, he's talking like he has one of those 2011 Stanley Cup wins, uh, rings, sorry. Uh, like he didn't even get out of the first round last year. 
a Toronto fan is chirping the Bruins about getting out of the. It's been two decades since you guys could get out of the first round. Like, please spare me that. Yeah. And then uh, I saw this morning too on Twitter. I think Brett Howard tweeted it. I didn't even see it. Anybody else tweeted, but the uh, they did like a hardest shot like knee hockey competition. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And Pasta shot it like almost 60 miles per hour <laughs> playing knee- with a little knee hockey stick. Did you see that? I-, I saw the clip. I didn't see that it was 60 miles an hour. Yeah, he ended up winning. I think it was it was like 56 or like 58. It was almost 60, I believe. But he ended up winning the hardest shot competition in knee hockey. Dude, his knee hockey shot is harder than my regular hockey shot. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, crazy. Would, that's crazy. That would get you a speeding ticket on most most roads in the state. <laughs> um, I saw, let's see, I saw Pasta absolutely snipe that uh, goal yep. past Swayman when he went in on the penalty shot or what break, whatever the hell that was. Um, what else happened? Um, the Celtics, Justin Bieber's coat, if you want to call it that, what he was wearing on the bench, like you said, whatever. when he was celebrating with um, whatever that was, Jim Montgomery. But the coolest part that I thought was. Um, <laughs> The, I think I think he skinned a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest part was afterwards uh, listening to Michael Bublé say that he was tripping sack on mushrooms and he had no idea what was going on. I don't know if it was true or not, but I saw a video saying that um, it was like one of those, like it might've been on TikTok, like those creators who have people submit them like anonymous stuff of like what happened like anonymous like celebrity drama and one of them said that like they had an emt shadowing uh justin bieber uh will arnett and michael buble the whole time because they were so like banged up on on drugs that like they were afraid that something was gonna happen to them i don't know if that's true or not but i thought it was funny when you think about how michael buble showed up they put him on a microphone stuck him at center ice on national tv tripping nuts on mushrooms and he had to go out and draft the hockey team yeah dude i mean just i mean that honestly that makes sense thinking that buble was on him bieber probably was on them um Tate i didn't McCray, know buble was maybe like that. i didn't either okay if i can be honest with you he, i'm not like he was on chicklets a couple weeks ago not the biggest fan of the guy not gonna lie really? to you. he's just Why seems not? A, he seems a little bit like uh egocentric like it's all about him like he's the man like like well it's interesting you say that because of uh, a a common perception of michael buble is that he's like really grounded like a really nice guy he was on um oh what's the what's the the barstool show with uh kfc and feidelberg what's that called pardon my take no that's not it. Is it part of my? No, that's the one with no, Big PMT's Cat. Big Cat. Yeah, K- KFC and fight fights is uh, KFC Radio. Yeah, I think he was on that show, and he was he was just kind of like shooting the shit with them, and he was saying how like he specifically bought his house because like he wanted to have the house that all of his friends can come over to and like hang out. And he was like, yeah, like I have a, I have an ice break in my basement and he's like showing them pictures and stuff. And everybody was like, wow, like he's so chill. Like he's so cool. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, I feel like he's kind of trying to rub it in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like he just seems like he to, to, for lack of a better term that I can't think of right now, he kind of just has like a hard on for himself and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It yeah. seems a little uh, like, like uh, I'm sure he's a great, he's a really nice guy, but it seems like it's a little, a little overdone. I don't know. Yeah, I think he goes overboard sometimes. But um, I, I got the game pulled up right now. Uh, we're recording during the Calgary game. So uh, tonight or yesterday's game, uh, Bruins walking in right now, all wearing PWHL Boston gear. 
Um, it's it's right now the Bruins through 49 games. Um, they're 31, nine and nine, 71 points. Uh, so what's that math? 33, 33 games me. left in the season. Just about, just about. Oh yeah. Um, Cause I remember we were doing our math last time trying to equate how many wins are going to get out of 33 and it was like a total yes. Yes. malfunction. <laughs> yeah. Cause one of us said 66 points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the second half of the season starts now. Um, we just, I mean, the last thing to happen in the, in the NHL world was the all-star game. Uh, we covered that and we put out the, um, wait, did, did you hear the news around the NHL about the Olympics? Ah, the Olympics are back. We almost forgot. We're we back, baby. Forgot, dude, I wonder Olympics. if Batman was listening to our podcast episodes and we were shitting on him and his decision to not let him go. That's really cool. But before we get into the Olympics, what do you think about the the kind of international midseason tournament they're doing? What is that next year they're doing it? I think it's next year, and I like it. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna make things interesting. You know, when you're kind of in the dog not dog days necessarily, but we all know around like game like games thirty to forty five, like it kind of gets a little bit stale. So mixing mm-hmm. that in there is gonna be a nice way to kind of keep you know everyone engaged. There it is. There it is. There's a <laughs> What is it? Is it is it USA, Canada, Sweden, and Finland? Are those the four teams? I believe so. Off the top of my head, I believe so. I would love to know how they came up with those teams because Russia, I get it. It would have been cool, but I get it. But why why are the checks not there? Because Pasta said something about how like yeah, it's cool, but it's bullshit. Like he can't play in it. Like his he yeah. can't represent his country, which is dumb. And I get you know because. Five teams kind of ruins it, but like personally, I'd rather see the Czechs play than Finland. Sue me, but yeah. um, I think it's a cool idea. And um, although it kind of stinks too that it's, I know that we've been shitting on the All Star Game, but like this year, I know we, I think we all kind of agree this year really wasn't that bad. It was kind of interesting. And now they're not doing it next year, and they're replacing, I guess, what would be the All Star Game with this international tournament. Yeah. Um. The one thing about the um, Olympics is obviously, you know, mock rosters coming up and people putting them all out there, you know, guessing the players, guessing the roster. And every single list that I've seen so far does not have Jeremy Swimming. It's Ottinger, Hellebuck, and Demko. How, how, how do you continuously leave Jeremy Swimming off this roster? That listen to be fair though, US those USA goalies, holy shit! Oh yeah, oh my stacked. god, best goalies. In the- Hellebuck is a shoein. Ottinger should make it. Thatcher Demko's having a crazy year though. I think if you were to do those before the season started, I think Swayman probably would have been the third guy. But like, dude, the year that that Thatcher Demko is having this year, I would still pick Swayman because I'm a Bruins fan. But I could understand why people would pick Thatcher Demko. But either way, like this isn't the Olympics, isn't until when is it actually? Is it 2024? No, no, it's not this year. No, this is the Summer Olympics. It's 2026. Yeah. I mean, there's still a couple years until then. So, uh, and Swayman's only 25. I mean, who knows how much better he's going to be when he's 27. But this is so exciting for the game. I mean, think of all the players who, um, I mean, like Matt Potch was a great example. He wanted to go back and play in the World Juniors because, 
NHL players, I mean, not saying that Potch was going to make Team Canada, the Olympic, the, you know, the senior team, but that was a big deal for him. And I'm sure for other players, too, who left their NHL teams to go represent their country in the World Junior Classic because they can't represent their, their country in the Olympics. This could be their last chance while they're still under the age of 20 to put on their their country colors and to go play and win their, their country a gold medal. And now suddenly, holy shit. Now the players can go to the Olympics too. So I think it's cool. I mean, we've been missing. I mean, who can forget all the team USA and Canada rivalries, some of the games they've had, the golden goal, that shit sucked. But uh, <laughs> watching uh, TJ Oshie and, and Russia too go crazy in the shootout. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for a long time. It wasn't, it was cool, you know, watching like the college kids play and Bobby Butler, of course, go over there and represent team USA in the Olympics. But legend. A le- local legend, but it's not, it's not the same without the best players in the game. It just doesn't have the same kind of weight to it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, also, so Tana and Julie just uh, obviously came out, rocked the anthem. And I got a couple of replies. Somebody said, did bro just skip half of the Canadian anthem? Another one sent a gift oh, of no. Nacho Libre. And then Pasta Party, shout out at Pasta Parties, frequent, uh, you know, question submitter, said, fuck him, where's Tate McRae? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he mess up the national anthem? He might have. He might have messed up the Canadian anthem. Oh, my God. Does he spell um, Todd with two Ds? He does. He does. Um, now we got to see what he did. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so, so you know, covered the All-Star game, covered the Olympics, and – we got the game on the TV right now. Um, and while we watch, I think we should just go through the voicemails and the DMs and kind of have a uh, DM-centric episode today. Yeah, that sounds good. We do, It's a good week for it because we got a ton of voicemails this week. Yep. Uh, the first voicemail is from Wednesday at 2.12 p.m. Uh, I was going to say who the Bruins play that night, but Jesus, it's been 30 years since they we've last seen them on TV, so nobody. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh Let's see what they said. Hey. Oh, hang on. I got to put on speakerphone. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Hang on. Hey. Uh, I'm wearing my Bruins uh, ball cap, or hockey cap, I should say. And this is Bruins related. Bruins emergency press conference. Uh, I'm hitting tomorrow at 7 p.m. You got my number. Give me a call. Hit me up. I think that was Melinda. I believe that was Melinda. Oh damn it, dude! She called. She called him almost a week ago. I'm just hearing this now. She was in our town. Oh, oh no! God damn it, Melinda. All right, for, for we Melinda, Melinda, we don't. I, Sully and I do not check this until we sit down, and he says. All right, we're going to do the voicemail segment of the show. And then I pull up my phone, and that's the first time I listened to it in a week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's the first time I heard that you were in our town. Next, yeah, time Melinda, you come, next time you come, DM us on Twitter or something. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, what? we owe you one. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Um, sorry, Melinda. All right. We got two more on Thursday. I believe these are both from Tommy. Oh, what's up, guys? It's like the dog days of winter because we're at the all-star break and we don't get Bruins hockey until next week. I'm kind of bored, so I'm just running some thoughts. And I just got to ask, this is more for Mel. Would you rather go ahead 
and see the Celtics win a championship, ah. and you get unlimited crab ragoons, <laughs> or would you rather see the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, but you don't get to have sushi or crab ragoons anymore? Seems like a tough decision, maybe on your end, but... Yep, this is kind of what this week has brought me. Hope you guys enjoy your week. Go Bruins. That's not a tough decision at all. It was either, it was the Celtics win the championship and I get unlimited crab rangoons or the Bruins win the Stanley Cup and I can never eat sushi or crab rangoons again. Come on. I'm taking the Celtics and crab rangoons every single time. If it was just straight up, who would I rather see win? The Celtics win the championship or the Bruins win the Stanley Cup? I would have went, oh, man, that's close, but I'd be happy either way. But I guess I'll lean towards the Bruins because, you know, I think the Celtics are built to contend for the next five, six years, and I feel like it's harder to win a Stanley Cup than a championship. Point made. But now you throw in, either I can continue to eat the sweet nectar that is a crab rangoon, or I can never enjoy that heavenly goodness again in my life, or sushi. You're crazy. Not, not even close. Not even close. It could have been what I'd rather have the, the Celtics with a championship and I get unlimited crab rangoons or would I rather have the gates of hell open up and swallow me in. or what? It, it doesn't matter. It, it Celtics and crab rangoons every single time. Yeah, I, I, I could have guessed that was your answer for sure. All right. He gave us another one. Uh, one minute later, 11 seconds long. <laughs> So it's Tommy. I forgot to leave the timeline. Basically, that is for a year, the whole crab raccoon thing. So, you know, choose your fighter, Mel. Choose your fighter. <laughs> All right. Well, hang on. Now I got to think about it. So, ow. God damn it. I hit my knee. All right. So the Celtics win the championship, and I get unlimited crab rangoons for a year, or the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, and I don't get any crab rangoons or sushi for a year. I think I'm still leaning towards the Celtics and Crab Rangoons, but the only thing that I'm thinking of is that if I if I don't, I mean, for people who follow me on Twitter, I get sushi like seven, eight, nine, ten times a month, and the amount of money I would save by not being able to get sushi anymore, I mean, oh my god, That's true. That's a good point. I've been trying to get my car is literally falling apart underneath me, and I've been trying to get a new car, but I don't have any money because when I'm not trying to siphon gas to afford sushi, I'm just. I'm, I'm doing. I'm losing money left and right on sports bets, so that would be helpful if I if I couldn't buy sushi for a year anymore. But I would still have to go for the the Celtics winning the championship and unlimited sushi. Fair. Unlimited crab rangoons. Sorry. Very fair. But either way, even if I did pick the Bruins, I would still find a way to eat crab rangoons and sushi. You know, you can't get that away from me. <laughs> All right, here's the third and final voicemail from Tommy. This was Sunday at 4:07 p.m. This is a two and a half minuter. I clicked off it. Sorry. It's <laughs> Tommy again. I had some fun with the whole ragoon sushi thing, but now it's time to actually get serious now that there's uh, Bruins games uh, coming up. So really, I just want to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, as you guys all know, since you guys follow hockey as well as anybody, uh, the trade deadline is coming early like it did last year. Uh, Vancouver went ahead uh, made a big splash, huge package for Elias Lindholm. And the Winnipeg Jets went ahead and traded for Sean Monahan. I guess my point is that names are coming off the board. 
But I kind of want to gauge your thoughts about what you guys think the Bruins are going to do this trade deadline. Uh, apparently they were in the mix for Lindholm, and apparently there might have been an extension in place from what I've somewhat gathered. Uh, but obviously it fell through. Uh, so it kind of shows that Don Sweeney is not afraid to potentially make a big move. I'm curious what you guys think. Like, is this team going to make a big play for, like, Noah Hannafin? Is that possible, even given the limited assets they have? Uh, they don't have a first or second round pick in this draft. Um, if they had to make a big move, they would have to part ways with their first round pick uh, in 2025, which is fine. Um, I feel like if they are going to do anything, it might be big. But the other thing, too, is given the limited assets, do you think they do anything minor? Uh, my issue with something minor is there are so many guys that do things that complement the whole minor aspect. Like you have a plethora of bottom six, uh, basically forwards, and then you have your third pair, which is essentially, you know, you're rotating guys out between Forber, Walterspoon, and Shattenkirk. You know, you throw blow right in the minors. I'm just curious what you guys think. I feel like there's names out there. For me personally, I'd want Middleton from Minnesota, and I would love an Anthony Duclair move. They're, I feel like they're cost-efficient. They wouldn't come at a high price, per se, and they would fit under the cap. Uh, I feel like if Don Sweeney is to move on from anybody, I feel like Grizzlick is the move. Uh, I feel like based on what people are getting at the deadline right now, especially Sean Monahan, uh, Montreal got a first-round pick to take on the contract, and they got another first-round pick for dealing him. Great asset management. For Matt Grizzlick, he can easily fetch that on the open market, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. I uh, hope you boys had a great week. Uh, great weekend. Uh, go Bruins, and let's get ready for some game day, baby. Hell yeah, Tommy. And then really quickly, to, really quickly to add to that too, because it, it's basically kind of the same uh, precedent for the question, but Berg, at Berg the goalie, shout out to Berg. Um, he said, do your expectations of Don Sweeney's trade deadline change as a result of the report that they were close on Lindholm pending an extension? So, Tommy and Berg kind of on the same wavelength here. Um, what do you think? Do you think it changes? Do you think, you know, like like Tommy mentioned, Duclair, Middleton, guys like that? Um, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be honest. What The Lindholm trade surprised me because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he practically got traded for half the city of Vancouver. Whole, I mean, did you see that deal? It was nuts. Oh my God, Kuzmenko! That 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 the defensive prospect that they sent over is averaging like over a point per game as a defenseman in the CA. Like he's ridiculous, and a first on top of that too. And Kuzmenko just scored against us uh, in in the game. So yeah, and like an impact. And I get it too. Like Kuzmenko's having a down year as well. Like he sucks this year. Last year, as uh, I mean, he's like a 27, he was like a 26 year old rookie last year, if you want to call him that. But he had like 39 goals last year. The guy was ridiculous. He's a two way player. He can play wing. Does he play a little bit of center as well, or is he just a left wing? I I think he can play center, but he prefers the wing. Yeah. I mean, he's a a good player. And to get that, as well as a, a really good defensive prospect. I know Chris Davis was really high on that guy that they sent over as well as yeah. a first for Lindholm on an expiring deal. I mean, they really gave up a lot to get him. And after seeing that, I am so happy that Don Sweeney did not make the deal because there's no guarantee he was going to sign the extension. And I think that was obviously really smart of him to first negotiate or, or at least talk with 
Elias Lindholm in the flames to see if there was any possibility of him signing extension before he comes here or working something out because there is no way in hell a team like Tommy said that is already that strapped in prospects that strapped in tradable assets to then give up everything they have for a player who's only going to be here for four months and we even talked about it last episode I don't think Elias Lindholm is the guy who's going to push his team over the top like he has not been very good this year at least point production wise I get it he's playing in a hellhole in in Calgary there's been nobody there to help him score goals but still, I think that they're better off serving uh, this team to invest in other areas like Tommy was talking about. And Anthony Duclair. Who was he talking about from the wild? I missed that. Uh, Jacob Middleton. He mentioned Noah Hannafin. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you, too. Like, I don't even necessarily – I don't want Don Sweeney to be, like, sending asset after asset over to, you know, X team, whoever it is, just to get a guy for – a rental this year. Like we've, we've kind of touched on it a couple of times, but the depth on this team is really good. I mean, you might not have like a necessarily a difference maker in your top six or your top four D that you could improve on. Sure. You could go get a scoring winger, but like we, everybody knows that the Bruins are already strapped for cash. Like AKA why we have three older veteran players on bargain deals um, because that's the only move they could make and it's paying off in dividends right now. And, and, you know, obviously it's working out and, and you love to see it, but you got to keep in mind when you're making deals at the deadline, other teams know your situation. So they're going to try to take advantage of you. And if it's honestly best to just stand pat and don't make a crazy move, then do it. That That's my stance right now. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we've been talking about it too, where it's such a different situation. The Bruins are in this year where, where they don't have to push every, all their chips to the pile and go for it this year. Like there is a tomorrow, like they, they have a future here that they're trying to build as well. So to mortgage your future and you know, you, the Bruins have a ton of cap space moving forward after they have some of these contracts coming off the books, they're finally going to start getting their own draft picks back and to trade all of them, not all of them, but to trade the limited assets that they already have, and future assets that, that they will be getting for a player who's going to be nothing but a rental in a year where you're already outperformed any expectation anybody already had for you. I'm not saying to yeah. mail it in, but I don't think that the Bruins have to go out and swing for the fences and get uh, who an Elias Lindholm could be or to get you know an elite top-line winger or to get a top-four defenseman because I just don't think that the cost of what it's going to be to get one of those guys is going to be worth it in the end. I think you and I have been talking about it, and I'm sure Tommy was talking about it as well, to get some of those like supplemental pieces. Like You don't have to get a, a, a bona fide top winger. You don't have to get a top-line center. Get like a second-line winger, like we were talking about Duclair, or get somebody like I know you've been talking about getting some grit on the defensive end. Maybe you can get an upgrade over Grizzly. That's fine, but like uh, uh, where the Bruins are right now and with the assets that they have, it just doesn't make sense for me to go swing for the fences and try to get some sort of, you know, star, one of these big names that's out there. And I yeah. think that that helped in, in terms of everything that happened with Elias Lindholm because the price tag he went for was bonkers, ridiculous. And I wonder how that's going to impact the rest of the trades moving forward. Yeah, for sure, dude. And like you, you, you like last year was different, obviously. Bergeron Krejci, most likely their last year. It turns out it wasn't last year. You as an organization, you go all out for players like that in your organization to get one last legit cup run. This year was supposed to be a bridge year. The team as it is right now, 71 points, first place in the Atlantic, tied for first in the league. What are you going to improve on? You have the depth. You have the scoring. Um, 
you have a pretty good defensive unit and you got two goalies. If anything, just stay as it is. I, I, I honestly feel that way. Get some depth, maybe. Like you mentioned on the D, like Sean Walker, maybe. Um, look at him. Jacob Middleton. Anthony Duclair, if you can make it work. Um, but other than that, Hannafin, I think you can go after in the offseason. If he, if he hits free agency, you go after him there. I don't think you need to give assets up for that, especially this year. Um so outside of that, I mean, after seeing the price tag on Lindholm, no thank you. No, not even. I would have been so mad at the Bruins for sending that kind of a package over to Calgary just for Lindholm. Like, no thanks. Yeah. Honestly, though, I'm happy that uh, Sweeney did his due diligence, you know, because he – and it feels good too because what happened with the trade and in terms of what happened with the Bruins, how Sweeney was looking into seeing if he would – be interested in uh, you know signing an extension and then seeing what he went for for uh, Vancouver. Like I feel like Sweeney really understands kind of the position that this team is in. Obviously, I yeah. mean every team hopes so, but like there's some teams out there who just make stupid ass trades for like no goddamn reason that make no sense whatsoever. And it's just like read the room, like have some sort of understanding where your team is at and where your future is at. And I feel like um, like for Bruins fans, like we've kind of been waiting. Did somebody just score? No, who was that? Wegar just absolutely body slammed. I think Heinen. Oh, I think God. it was Heinen. But I feel like as Bruins fans, this season in particular has been the season that we have been dreading now for half a decade when we're going to lose Bergeron and we're going to lose Krejci because this is when the wheels are going to start to fall off. And we lost both of them. And now we're seeing like it's it's yeah, it, it sucks that they're not here anymore. But like what we're left with. It isn't bad at all. The Bruins are tied for the best record in the NHL with a bunch of, with a bag of chips and a band aid, and there's and then they're bottom six right now. Like this team is just thrown together by Don Sweeney, and like damn it, they're doing what they did last year. And on yeah. top of that, they have they're they're mixing some young guys into the lineup. They have all of these big salaries. This strapped for cash the Bruins have been strapped for cash my entire life I have never known a Boston Bruins team with cap relief and we're finally getting it like it's coming next year like we have some big contracts coming off the books Pasta's locked up Swayman's 25 McAvoy's 26 and here's 27 he's locked up I mean they have a lot of big pieces that are locked up moving forward they have a lot of salary cap coming in moving forward and they're going to get their draft picks back like this is this is the first half of this season has been one of the most successful Bruins first halves I can remember because this team is just put together. We all know that help is coming in the term of cap relief in assets. And despite everything that they just lost last year, we have the best record in the league. What the hell's going on? I really can't explain it. So. <laughs> still, still haven't reached uh double digit regulation losses. It's crazy. Yeah, like we're, we're in Valentine's days next week, dude. Like this is ridiculous. It makes no sense. It truly, truly makes there's, no sense. There's so many teams around the NHL that would absolutely kill to be in the, in the team that the, the position that the Bruins are in, which is crazy because for the first time in years, it came out that the Bruins don't have the worst prospect pool, in the NHL anymore. We're now 30th. Hey, Oh, we shot up two spots. And despite that, there's still teams who would line up to be in the position that the Bruins are in to have the future that the Bruins have, which is really something to be said. Yeah. All right, we got three more voicemails. And now this is when we switch over. This isn't just the, the voicemail line anymore. Hell yeah. This is the Lovell line. The Lovell we got line, baby. Three calls from Lovell. They all came in hot last night. 
all after 10 p.m. So all last night. <laughs> yep, all last oh night. Boy. Here is the first local line. I'm hang on, I missed the play button. Now, in response to my voicemail last week asking what to do when the bees were gone. I'm not watching the Celtics. I'm not doing it. Out of my bees guy. I bleed black and gold. Everyone's always like, Oh, Chris, you see the Celtics? No. You <laughs> see the Sox? No. The Pat Fuck no. Did you grow up on Lady Cap? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't leave me though. The bees. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm a bees guy, blue, black, and gold. Forever. I love these bees. I love (laughs) the Boston Bros. Hell yeah. I am the Boston Bros. No, I'm not. <laughs> Let's go. I'm not, I'm not watched. Come on. He should have watched. Honestly, if he missed the Lakers game, that's fine. Because the uh, I believe the Celtics were 15 point favorites and they lost uh, to a Lakers team that didn't have LeBron James or Anthony Davis. But they they freaking curb stomped the Grizzlies the other night. Marcus Smart's, I mean, he wasn't playing, but he was there at the Garden, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and that's like, I, I get you're a bees guy. We're all bees guys. We all bleed black and gold too, but you can also, you know, you can bleed a little green and white on the side. There's no shame in that. You don't have to be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to call myself a Red Sox fan right now, but you don't have to be embarrassed to be a Celtics fan, man. They play in the same stadium. They represent the same city. And you know what? When the Celtics win, the uh, half the people – who are that? Who say that they're not a Celtics fan, or they just don't care? Uh, half those people will show up to the parade if the Celtics win the championship this year. Oh, I would go to the parade. I, yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't watched. I haven't watched a single minute of Celtics basketball. But if they and win, you know the, what? And you know what's, what's going like to happen? The, uh, the the Larry O'Brien uh, Trophy. The, what a stupid trophy name! And you know what's going to happen is you're going to go. You're going to go down there to the parade. You're going to be. You know. You probably. You don't even have a Celtics jersey. I don't know what the hell you're going to wear. But I'll you're going to be Bruins down there. Jersey. <laughs> you're gonna be down there, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, like they're gonna be trying to talk Celtics with you." And you're gonna have—you have no talking points. What are you gonna say? Yeah, yeah that Paul Pierce three was sick. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, now the Bruins are back, so Lowell doesn't have to watch the Celtics. But missed Hell opportunity. Yeah. Missed Hell opportunity. Yeah. All right, we got two more Lowell lines. This is from Monday night at ten thirty-five p.m. Another like in response. To one of my last voicemails saying, um, Toxic being the captain over McElroy. Uh, uh, so, like, McElroy's always doing that thing, obviously, that, like I talked about before. Like, he's like injured. I was just just back up, and then he's like, he's just buzzing around again. And he always does this thing on the bench where he's making, like, these funny faces where he's like, what? Oh, that was the call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, uh, like it's like a little kiddish to me. Gives me like big little kid vibes. Working like Pasternak lately. Like, yeah, fucking beast Torres, and it got that like calm, cool, and collected type of vibe that uh, Berger all has. I think. Seems like a little more mature. 
Yeah. Dude, we're saying the Bruins to come back out. Like, they haven't played in, like, fucking nine days. I, I was just calling questions out of my ass. Yeah, like, Matt Marshall's even probably going to be back. I mean, he's going to be back. Like, they're just so far down the line, but... Yeah. I would say... Captaincy in three years. He'll be... I mean, I would say with Pasta, like, yeah, he's a, I don't, you could say he's more sure, but like, he doesn't have a complete game. Like, his defensive game is not the best. So I don't know if you would want him like leading the charge there. I, I just feel like McAvoy is more complete in the history with the Bruins captains, mainly on the blue, on the blue line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing supporting McAvoy is the, um, I mean, this team is, is, uh, it's it's like ingrained in their DNA of the Boston Bruins is the history of the defensemen here. They've always had you know defensemen defensemen who have worn the C, and I think McAvoy is the next guy. But I will say too, Pasta this year, his his I feel like his leadership it's has better. really taken it's taken another step up this year. For sure, you're right. He's he's not great defensively, but you can see he's a lot more vocal on the bench. You can see you know he's always he's always been a vocal guy in the locker room too. But um, I feel like Pasta is just destined to be a perennial assistant captain. He's always the David Krejci to this story. He's never going to be in the C. He's never going to be the bell of the ball. But uh, you know what? Like when they when they throw the flowers like a wedding, he's not going to catch the bouquet. <laughs> but you know, somebody's going to catch it real aggressively, and a couple of petals are going to fall off, and they're going to fall right in the pasta's hand. He's always going to be that second fiddle guy in terms of you know the C and the A. I just, I just don't, I just don't ever really see him as captain as long as McAvoy's on this team. But I do, yeah, I do I'm, think I'm it's funny you. that Lovell brought up that every time like McAvoy gets hurt or something happens, he has that stupid look on his face on the bench. Like I can see it right now. He is like a big kid sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent agree. I mean, maybe when McAvoy's injured, that's when Pasta can wear the seat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we got one more from Lovell. Uh, this was also Monday night. Oh, voicemail sucked again. But uh, this is kind of a good question. I feel like, um, what do you think the bees need to do, or what do they need to focus on the most after the All Star break? I feel like that's kind of like the halfway point of the season. What are they gonna focus on the most to be successful moving forward? Whether that be uh, maybe like a a deadline deal for Craig Smith? No, I'm just kidding. Someone <laughs> they add for uh, at the deadline, or someone, or something they do to uh, to play better. What do you think it is the bees need to do? What change do they need to make? To be the most successful and uh, get ready for the yacht. What are the bees doing to get ready? To compete for Lord Stanley's mug, <laughs> what is it? I mean, personally, I would say uh, you using the rest of the regular season games to really figure out what your main playoff roster is going to be. If you can find a way to make it work with Lori, I would love that. If you could find a way to make it work with Beecher, I would love that. Um, but I think I think the main concern should be finding what works the most and bringing that into the playoffs. That would be my number one concern. 
Mine would be probably something I've said before, which is uh, consistency because this team is prone to getting little funk sometimes. And it's not just in terms of like their entire game. Like they they've gone in a couple like three to four game losing streaks this year where they just didn't look anything like the team they've been the 90 percent of the rest of the season that they were. But like there's been games where it seemed like they're entire defensive core has just taken the night off and they just suck for whatever reason can't explain it the next night they'll be fine but the following night they will be swiss cheese back there um and i think that that needs to stop especially now you're hitting the you know like global said you're now just past the midway point of the season teams are gearing up for the playoffs you got some big hitters teams are making moves everybody's trying to put themselves in the best position that they can be in to win lord stanley's mug as Lovell put it and um, if you're inconsistent in your delivery, if you're inconsistent in how you play, you don't have a chance. And on top of that, too, uh, injuries. I want them to stay healthy. Can't have yeah. any costly injuries this time of the year. Yeah, boom. That's perfect. Um, all right. So is that all the voicemails you got on your end? That is all the voicemails. I do got a couple of spicy DMs, though. I do have a voicemail here from from Johnny. Um, yes. All right. So let's see here. Ready? This was from Friday at 7 a.m. Uh, I don't know what time that is over in the UK. <laughs> but Probably around here, noon time or something. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> I just listened to Lovell. I'm actually driving my car. I'm talking to you now. It's a jail sentence here in Blade Runner, England for doing that. I, they love that I feel for Lovell right now. What's he going to do? It's so far away. I know how depressing it is right now. There's that was so brilliant. I tell you what, if the Bruins go out in the first round this year, it doesn't matter because Lovell let that just Stanley Cup moment. The NHL should be hanging Lovell's pot ridden bobblehead from the rafters. Oh my goodness. They should use that instead of the All Star game to promote it. Oh, crikey. I just went through a red light. Turtle pick your players. My God. So, all right. So, Lovell is getting his bobblehead retired up on the rafters. Lovell's running for president. It made he made Johnny drive through a red light. <laughs> oh my God! It, the wow. the legend of Lovell, I feel like, grows with every single episode. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, dude! I love it, dude. Lovell's Lovell is like the. He's basically America's ambassador to the UK at this point, right? He really is, dude. Oh, my God. He's making people run red lights. Jesus, dude. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) Shout out to Johnny. Um, Johnny Drummondville, at that Johnny D. Um, Give him a follow on Twitter. (laughs) He's going to trademark that. Um, He always kills me. Yeah, but yeah. So shout out to Johnny. Um, That was it right there for the voicemails. So now let's go into the DMs. Yeah. You want me to read mine first? Yes. All right. Keeping with the UK theme, we got a DM from our other friend across the pond, Jack. You can follow Jack on Twitter at, or sorry, on X, at AJackB underscore. Jack said, hey, guys. 
I reckon our version of Buffalo Wild Wings could be a bar called Walkabout. I don't think we really do sports bars, so to speak, but Walkabout is where we all go for the World Cup to throw our pints in the sky when we start dismantling small island nations in the group stage. Other than that, we have Weatherspoons, which is an unreal cheap pub chain. There are no TVs in there, and there's always an 80-plus-year-old who's plastered at 8 a.m., no matter which spoons you're in. We used to play a game called Spoons Tapas because they did three small plates for 10 euros. Now it's 15 euros. Or is that the pound symbol? It's probably the pound symbol. Now it's 15 pounds, which is heartbreaking. And the challenge was to get as many calories for your 10 pounds as possible. Turns out three baskets of wings was higher calories than three nine-inch pizzas. Jesus Christ. Holy. Another weekend, shout out pasta for the elite shithousery in the Leafs back garden, missing the spoked bee and then making the I've got to show them how to win comment. It's been a while since we've had some good shithousery, but it was worth the wait. That's it, however, all I've got for All-Star Weekend because I have zero interest in it. Good news for the NHL in the week, though. Welcome to the Olympic Games, NHLers. Question this week is you mentioned you'd like the Bruins to have an atmosphere builder before each game similar to the Golden Knights. What do you guys propose we do in the Garden on game day as this spectacle? Over here, we generally rely on fans with pyros, tifos, and fantastic chants to do this. So I'm out of my depth on this one. Cheers. That's a good question. Unfortunately, TD Garden and really any arena in the United States definitely doesn't allow pyrotechnics from the fans <laughs> in the building. To be fair, I don't think anybody's ever tried. I don't. That's a good point. Um, disclaimer: If you're listening to this, don't fucking bring fireworks into the garden. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Some chance, maybe. Um, they could they could have the um, the dropkick Murphys come play in the center ice every single game right before the game oh, starts. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Um, or, you know what would be cool, too? Not even at center ice. You know how, like, in Columbus, they have the, the huge cannon over there where people can walk up and look at it? If, yep. they, if they just put the dropkick Murphys over there and they just That'd have live cool. music, all the, they, they're just playing the whole game. You know what? You know how in basketball – um, when someone's at the free free throw, free free throw line, Christ, they you know the fans in the seats behind the hoop, they like distract the player or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, in shootouts and penalty shots, you know, the opposing guy coming down. If everybody on the glass just only guys ripped their shirts off and just pressed up against the boards. Distract them. What would Connor Connor McDavid do in Boston if he was coming down in a shootout and he just saw a bunch of Southie dudes, huge guys with their bare chest just pressed up against the glass? He's not scoring. He's not scoring. He'd probably call his agent and request a trade here. I I love this thing. You know, it'd be cool too. I know um, the LA Clippers are getting their a brand new stadium. They've always played in the Staples Center. They've shared it with the Lakers, and they're getting a brand new stadium. And one of the things that they're doing, their owner uh, Steve Ballmer wanted to do was he wanted to have like a college basketball atmosphere. So they're doing something called the Wall, which is behind one of the baskets. It's just it's a it's a, it's called the Wall, and it's just a straight series of seats that just goes freaking all the way up to the top of the the ceiling of the place and it's just people who there they go crazy they wear shirts they hoot in the holler they distract people when they're taking free throws he even said that he's using uh steve Ballmer was one of the founders of i believe it was microsoft and he said that they're they're actually going to be using this technology to track fans to kind of give them a rating for how 
crazy they are, if they're up and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're waving towels and whatever, whatever their rating is in terms of being a fan, they're going to get a discount in the pro shop, which I was really interesting. But where I was going with this was maybe the Bruins could do something behind the away team's goalie because it twice a game that they're going to be behind the away team's goalie and they can be like the wall and they can all wear that. Like that whole section can get matching t-shirts on their seat every game. And the whole point of sitting there is to just be as annoying and as obnoxious as you could possibly be, which shouldn't be hard for a Bruins fan. And every time that the Bruins score, they're going crazy and they're, you know, banging on the glass and getting in the goalie's head or whatever. That could be a fun thing. I mean, I know that's not like a pregame thing. Like we're talking about with the golden Knights, but that could be, uh, cause I feel like every, not every, every, uh, arena, but I feel like one of the things about that make playing in some certain stadiums so hard is kind of that extra element that they bring as fans. Um, like Toronto, their fans are batshit crazy and they're going to yell some crazy shit at you. In Winnipeg, they have the whiteout in the playoffs where they all wear white shirts and they wave. Like that stuff is really cool. And uh, I don't think I've seen any NHL team. I, we just mentioned the Clippers. Now they're going to be doing it. I don't think I've ever seen an NHL team who's had like a dedicated section for fans to just hoot and holler and go crazy and just be obnoxious. And I don't know. I feel like it would kind of fit the Bruins to a T in terms of like our fan base. Like if you've ever sat in the 300 sections of the garden, like if you could bring the whole 300 sections down right behind the glass, no team would ever want to play here again. Like (laughs) that would be, that would be such a a home ice advantage for the Bruins if they could do something like that. Oh yeah, dude. Like if you can just add that extra element, like going into Winnipeg during the whiteouts, like that's going to be so cool. Like you said, it just adds that extra element we kind of talked. We kind of talked about this episodes ago. I forget how long ago, but like, brewing like pregame presentations or like on ice projections, stuff like that that they can do to get creative and create more of like a home atmosphere. I guess I would like to see more of it for sure. Definitely. Um, also, Marsh Marshawn just got popped in the face. Oh, damn it! Is he hurt? No. Oh, I think I it's okay. That if the Bruins want to do that, there's definitely a way to do it. Cause I think that, and again, we've talked about this on episodes way, way, way in the past, but what makes it work for Vegas is that it's Vegas and like right. they can be over the top and they can be flashy and they can have strobe lights and they can have this guy dressed in full armor skinning across <laughs> the ice, waving a flag with a sword. Like they can do all that shit because it's Vegas. Yeah. But like the Bruins are one of the most storied franchises in North American sports they're an original six team. They're rich with history and culture. And like, if you were to have like flashing strobe lights and like EDM music and like all this, like it just wouldn't it really wouldn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's definitely a way to do it where they can kind of tie their past into any sort of pregame show. But like, that would be cool. Like if you're a kid and like you go to the game, like you want to go to the game early, usually now you want to go to the game early because you want to see guys warm up. Now you can go to the game early. Maybe you can get some autographs. Oh, make sure we get to our seats in time so we can watch the pregame show. Like that's kind of cool. That's that, the Bruins. I would, I would hope they would be looking into some doing something like that. Yeah, just have like a projection, you know, of like the legends, right? Like just have yeah. like a projection of like Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Espo, 
Um, That'd be cool. I mean, the guys are already like him every night now because it's the centennial. I mean, just have them hang around a little bit and film some yeah. shit. <laughs> and there yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, boom. You can have like Espo wandering the bleachers. They like, hand it out. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Mike Milbury out there wandering with the shoe, trying to who or take a skate wandering with a skate. Who am I going to beat up? Yeah, um, if you're that lucky fan, you're going to yeah. beat down for Mike Milbury. Uh, all right. We also got another DM. Thank you, Jack. We got another DM from Connor. If you remember Connor, uh, first time last week he DM'd us. He came oh, back, yeah. back to back, second time. You can follow Connor on Twitter at con underscore dog 26. Welcome Connor back, con. says, what's up, boys? Hope I get this in before the podcast starts. But real quick, I go to Buffalo Wild Wings in Saugus. So maybe it's just that location. But it's terrible as far as service goes. The food is cold when it comes out. I guess I'll have to try another one somewhere else. Secondly, a suggestion, I do think that if and when you guys have guests on the show, the first one needs to be one of the English boys. I don't care if it's 4 a.m. where they are when you guys record. <laughs> I, need to, I need to hear that accent talk about the Bruins for an hour. Anyway, first game back from the All-Star break. Let's hope we picked up where we left off. Got a major home game stand of seven games and none back-to-back. So this should be a huge time to up the record and get some points in front of the home crowd. What do you guys think the record will be through those seven games? Have a great night. Absolutely Ooh. love the pod. Thanks, Connor. Ooh, through those seven games, Connor, you're going to love Johnny's voicemail today, by the way. It's <laughs> you already heard it, but I already know you're going to love it. Um, the next seven games. So, uh, Cal- all right. So hang on. Ready? So it's Calgary, Vancouver, Capitals, Lightning, Kraken, um, Kings and then the stars. So it's actually, Oh no, that is seven. Um, all right. So let's just do it this way. Ready? Right off the hop right now, obviously against Calgary, um, bees are down to nothing heading into the second. Bees are down to nothing. Yes. Against Calgary. Yes. It's gotta be. Oh yeah. Cause you can't, cause you can't watch the game right now. Yeah, no, I don't have it up. I've just been trying to live through your reactions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to see the Bruins come back and win 4-3 in overtime. Yep, I was going to say overtime win, too. All right, so 1-0 for both of us. Uh, Vancouver, big game. Um, 3-1 to Bruins. I'm going to say 5-2 to two Bruins. Wow. I think it's going to be a statement game. Uh and then the Caps come into town. Oh my God! Uh, f- five two Bruins. I will say it's a three thirty game. Oh shit! It's a Manatee game. Yeah, Manatee. Um, that <laughs> <laughs> whatever noise they make. I that was know. like a dolphin. I know. <laughs> Manatee game changes things. I'm gonna say three to one Bruins. Nope, mm. three to two Bruins. Three to two Bruins. I, I was going to say 3-2 to two Bruins, too. It's going to be a weird one. Yeah. Um, all right. And then Tampa. is a weird-ass time for a game. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, I'm, I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say that one catches them. I'm going uh, to say 4-2 to Tampa. Okay. I'm actually with you on that one, too. I'm going to say it's going to be a 5-2 to two Tampa win. Yeah, I feel like that if those first couple games go how we think they're going to go, I feel like the Bruins are just destined to just lay a stinker against somebody. Yeah. Um, Seattle? 3 nothing Bruins, shutout. Ooh, I like that pick. I'm Swayman go, starts. 
I'm going to go four to two Bruins. So right now we have them at four, one and oh. Um, after that, the Kings come to town. Just fired their coach on a horrible losing streak right now. Yeah. It would be also, very fitting, though, for them to get a win against the Bruins. It's another Manatee game, so... <laughs> no no way the Bruins win two Manatee games. So I'm going to say 3-2 to two in overtime, the Kings win. I'm going to say Bruins absolutely pile on the already shit pile that the Kings are in and they're going to beat them six to one Bruins. You think the Bruins are dodging the manatee accusations? I see it. I think so. Um, <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. The final game of the homestand final game of the homestand. Also homestand. another manatee game. What the hell's going on? This is crazy. Are these all on weekends? No. Well, Kings and Caps are, and then the Stars Manatee one o'clock on a Monday. Uh, what the hell? Who the hell schedules a Bruins game at early afternoon on a Monday? One of those has uh, to. Be, which one is President's Day? One of them has to be on the eighteenth, right? Um. Nope. Seventeenth and nineteenth. What are we doing? It's not even school <laughs> vacation. Um. All right, against the Stars, I'm going to say. Um, Four to three Bruins in overtime. I'm going to say four to three Bruins lose in regulation. So I think you have a shootout loss in there. I think you had them at six, one and one. And I also, I had them at six, two and oh, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's seven games. So five, one and one. And then I had five, two and oh. All right. All right. So if all things go to plan, should be a pretty good, uh, Couple weeks here for the Bruins. Should be. That's Should that's be. nice too that they don't have any back to backs. But those those manatee games, that's weird. All those games on Monday afternoons. Yeah. No, that's very strange. Um, was that it on your end for the DMs? Yep, that's it. All right. Shout out, shout out. Um, we have a couple more here. Da, 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 da. Let me find them again. Um let's see here. There, there we go. Um, <laughs> Arnie Redbergs again. Um, at Berg, the goalie, uh, Tommy sent in the voicemail. Oh, yeah, I keep saying Berg. I got like you, Berg. It's like a fool. Okay, here we go. So, this one, this one I was excited about. Um, I'm gonna save that one for last. Um, let's go, Frederick for MVP. Give them a follow on Twitter at Frederick underscore MVP. Um, they say rumor that the Bruins are interested in Chris Tanev. Expected cost is a second and a prospect. Is that something that you would be interested in? Second and a prospect? I think it depends who the prospect is. Also, so, is, Chris, is Chris Tanev's contract expiring? Um, Chris Tanev's contract is expiring in. Wait, Chris Tanev, is he the one? He's like 34, isn't he? Chris Tanev is this freaking ad. Yeah, uh, he is. Yeah, thirty-four years old. His contract ends after this season. Oh. To be honest with you, I mean, I if you know. can upgrade, That's... if you can bring, if you can upgrade him over Grizz, I would consider it. But I don't know. Like we were just mentioning, like we don't want to lose assets. Like I don't think. It's uh, I don't. I think. I think a second is kind of steep for a thirty-four-year-old. You're only going to have guaranteed for one year, and defense isn't the issue. 
Right. Like that's that like if you're gonna be investing a second in a prospect, I would not be looking at Chris. I would like Chris Tanev, but one of the reasons I didn't want to trade for Elias Lindholm is that if you if you trade too many assets in one trade, which now we're seeing, oh God, hang on, my computer's kind of freaking out right now. Um if you trade too many assets in one trade, you're significantly hindering their ability to make uh, a secondary trade. So like if they were to make that move and trade a second and I mean, what what prospect do you think would be involved in this deal? Maybe a player like Markulov, maybe even Lysel. No, I'm not doing yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I'm out on Tanev too. Yeah, I just think I'm out. There's better options out there that you can get in free agency, aka Hennepin next year. And like we were yeah. mentioning too, you you why why jeopardize the little assets that you have just to get yeah. a rental for a run this year? And I like I I really don't feel like they need a top four guy unless you're upgrading um, Grizzlick. But I mean, if you're if you're if you're trading for Chris Tanev with the expectation you're going to resign him, why wouldn't you just keep Grizzlick and resign Grizzlick, who's like six years younger? And I get Grizzlick has kind of sucked this year. And right now, Chris Tanev is a better player, but I don't know. I would rather invest those assets into getting a winger. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, so shout out to Frederick um, for MVP at Frederick underscore MVP. Jumping into the next one here we get here is from Brady. Uh, give him a follow at Brady Mackey four. He said, love the podcast. Can't message on Bruins something because I'm not verified, but I would love for the Bruins to get Liam O'Brien. What do you think that oh. would cost and how would he fit into the team? I mean, he is a little bit of that grit there. I wouldn't necessarily say missing, but as a depth guy, plug him in on, you know, if some guys need rest, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I'm not sure what the price would be. He can't be expensive, right? I wouldn't think so, no. I mean, with a name like that and a beard and some hair like that, he would fit into this city perfectly. Listen, those jerseys would fly off the wall. Yeah. And O'Brien in Boston. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure the marketing department would love the trade for O'Brien, but uh, he, he's not going to really, I mean, the grit that he provides, is that going to make this team a Stanley cup contender because they have Liam O'Brien's grit? See, that's the thing, dude. Like I, I think the team as it is, is a Stanley cup contender. Honestly. I mean, they're, mm. they're, they're, they have a top two record in the league. Like what? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that O'Brien could definitely bring some stuff to the Bruins that they're missing because they don't have a forward at least who's kind of a scumbag. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I guess it, I would trade for anybody really, depending on what they cost. So I would, it depends what he would cost. But yeah. um, he's de- he's definitely not on like the top of my list of players that the Bruins should be going after. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, uh, oh, yeah, and sorry about not being able to, d- to DM the um, Twitter account. Elon Musk is a scum. Yeah, dude, blame Elon. Yeah, but, uh, but again, um, give Brady a follow on Twitter, at BradyMackey4. Um, let's see here. Two more from Frederick for MVP. Um, at Frederick underscore MVP. He said, and I think he's a little bit obsessed with Morgan Frost because this definitely isn't the first time he's asked about him. <laughs> um, he said, Morgan Frost is having a hard time in Philly. He is 24, a point every other game, plays center and makes $2.1 million for one more year after the season. Should the Bruins be interested? Um, 
I think that's just kind of bringing in another what, like another Morgan Geeky type of situation. Is that kind of comparable? Yeah, I mean, I I know he I, I've seen him tweet a lot about Morgan Frost. I know he's he been pretty him. high on him. Um, he was a was he a former first round pick? I believe so. I'll look it up really quick, but I believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know what he would cost. Yeah, twenty seventh overall pick. Yeah. Um, could play wing and center. Yeah, I mean, I'd take a flyer on him, definitely. I mean, he was a, he had 19 goals last year. I mean, he's 22 points in 39 games this year. I mean, he's not uh, lighting the world on fire, but those are also fairly respectable numbers. Um, yeah. He's another guy, too. I just, a lot of these guys, I really have no idea what the hell they're, they're going to cost. I mean, 24 years old. Yeah, I'd take him, sure. And I know, I, I believe Ethan was also talking about getting Sanheim to deal from uh, the, uh, the Flyers as well, which... I would love Sanheim in the black and gold. Just saying I would oh, prefer yeah. him over Morgan Frost, but um, yeah, I mean, sure. Kick some tires on him. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, cheap option has some, has a pretty high ceiling, um, but uh, is Philly He's really a cool name? Too. He, yeah, he does. Um, but one more from Frederick for MVP at Frederick underscore MVP. They said, who is the Taylor Swift of the Bruins slash NHL? But I let's just focus Bruins. Um, I think I already have my pick. It's I'm gotta stuck. be Pasta, right? I was gonna say between two guys, DeBrusque and Lindholm. I feel like Lindholm. What? Yeah, dude. I feel like Lindholm could sneaky be a Taylor Swift. Oh uh, wait, what did he mean by a a Taylor Swift? Like a Taylor Swift fan? Should we? I don't. You could take it either way. Like who embodies think, Taylor Swift, the person, or who's a? Kid? <laughs> yeah, that's the way that I took it. Because I was, because I was like, because Pasta's like the biggest personality. He's got a face for the camera. He's always marketing himself like Taylor Swift. I was thinking about it like that, but like who? Okay. Who is like the closeted Swifty? Uh, that's how I was taking it. Like, dude, oh, like JD, hundred. Potter could be a Swifty. <laughs> like Potter could be a Swifty. I, I could definitely see Hampus Lindholm being a Swifty too. Oh, Linus Allmark. Allmark is for sure. I maybe feel like a Swifty. I feel like Allmark would only be a Swifty though because like his kids like Taylor Swift, so he's like All right, know, maybe being a good dad Taylor Swift fan. But I feel like Hampus Lindholm like he gets off the ice, he takes his gear off, you know, he maybe grabs a bite to eat. He walks, you know, to the parking garage. He's kind of looking around. Is anybody watching? Nobody's watching. He he gets in his car. He turns his volume down real low until he gets out of the parking garage, and he puts on "Love Story" by Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, like I feel like he is a Swifty, <laughs> and he's embarrassed to admit it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on Romeo, that. Take me um, but who embodies Taylor Swift? I feel like Pasta was the perfect answer. And yeah. before it was just specific to Bruins. When I was thinking of who the NHL embodies the kind of Taylor Swift personality, my mind went right to Makachuk because he's you know he's always in the limelight. He's a bit of the NHL. Well, at least last year he was the NHL's media darling. I mean, they were putting his face on everything that they could. They were marketing him like crazy. Um. I don't know. I feel like he would be a good pick for the NHL's uh, representation of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Frederick for MVP. Again, oh, oh him on sorry. One last thing, though. 
Yeah. The NHL player who is a closeted fan of Taylor Swift is 100% Seth Jarvis. He's gonna oh! be massive Swifty. What a pick, dude. He's for sure like he might not even like hide it. He might just straight up be like, Yeah, I listen to Taylor Swift. Like dude, did you see his interview when he got back from uh, All-Star Weekend when they were asking or he wherever the hell he was when they were asking him like oh like you know is it nice like sweating out you know all that beer you've had oh, yeah. even sweating out all the beer and with a straight face he was like i don't drink beer no I don't, I don't i don't do that what do you mean and then he started losing it he's like oh yeah you know i've been drinking all the time. i hope i've sweat enough beer out of me like god damn it's so refreshing yeah. to see players with uh like there's nhl players with personalities of course um but like seth jarvis is just so naturally funny when he did the he did like a lie detector thing with uh i think it was with the empty netters guys and uh that was the first time i got a glimpse of his personality if you haven't seen it i would encourage anybody to go watch seth jarvis's lie detector test with empty netters hilarious he is so funny yeah just sucks he's on carolina it is funny because he like you said like sometimes he's probably not even trying to be funny but it's just like his face the missing tooth (laughs) he honestly he almost makes the carolina hurricanes likable like, yeah, dude, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, maybe not. He, he, he gets them close, though. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, follow them on Twitter at Frederick underscore MVP. Um, Johnny coming in with a DM also, not just the voicemail. Um, but again, follow him on Twitter at that Johnny D. He said, quick question. What do you think of the alarming cases of players taking leave of absences, joining league assistance program? Line A, Kuznetsov, Nishushkin, etc. Um, I mean, it's good to see these player, players utilize the system that the NHL has in place for them. Um, you know, health, health, physical, and mental, both number one priority um, for these players. And it's also refreshing to see fans, the majority of fans, understand that. And when a player does enter that program, nobody's really jumping down their throats saying like, you know, Oh, he's abandoning his team. This, that, the other thing. It's it's ninety nine percent support for the player. So, um, any player that enters that program, obviously, you wish them the best. Um, and it's it's good to see that that assistance program is working. Because if it wasn't working, obviously, these players wouldn't be utilizing that use utilizing the program as much as they are. Um, I don't think it's like a, a a reason to be concerned about the league or anything like that. I think it's the opposite. I think the league is doing and taking all the right steps in terms of mental health, in terms of physical health, in terms of maybe some situations going on in their personal lives and their family. Um, I, I think it's a positive. Honestly, I do think it's a positive. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think you're going to hit the nail on the head. I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Um, I think it's really powerful too that these players feel comfortable enough to uh, put out a statement and and willingly enter um, help, whether it be for mental health, physical health. Um, there's been players who have had uh, uh, substance abuse issues in the past who have checked into assistance programs, yeah. and I, I'm I'm willing to bet that because whoever said that comment is right. We've seen uh, a lot more players recently do this, and. I mean, it only makes you think about, my God, like how many players do you think have had to try to power through this or just mask it or hide it or do whatever they could to kind of get through it without getting help or without seeking help? So I think it's really powerful that some of these guys are actually um, 
having the confidence and the belief in the system to take the avenues and to go get help. And I think it's really helpful too for the younger generation of players who are seeing these big names, these biggest guys who are at the pinnacle of the sport, recognize and value their mental health and their physical health and to put that over anything. So for all those guys who have taken leaves of absences, whether it be this year or in the past or dealing with anything physical, mental, um, anything related to that whatsoever, wish you nothing but the best. Glad you're getting help. And I'm glad that the NHL and their respective teams are taking this seriously. Yeah, completely agree with everything. Um, so that was from Johnny. So at that Johnny D and the last question here comes in my favorite question of the day. Um, comes in from Ali King. Follow them on Twitter at Ali King. Which Bruin would make a great groundhog? <laughs> <laughs> so who on the Bruins oh, would make man. a good Puxatani Phil? A fake meteorologist. Well, first of all, you got to think about what what makes a groundhog, right? What, it's yeah. got to be – I mean, they're kind of short. They're kind of stubby. Who would, like, who would be good at like burrowing into the ground? Well, listen, right? Exactly. A groundhog is short. They're stubby. They got some crazy teeth on them. They, they hide out in the darkness for the majority of the year, and then they come out and they, they bask in the limelight. Suddenly, they're the, celeb- they're the most famous guy on planet Earth. Every February 2nd, the other 364 days, nobody really gives a shit about them. They're just a groundhog. Nobody's talking about Puxatawney Phil until February, the night of February 1st rolls around. I'm trying to think of who's a Bruins player who they might not be the biggest guy, but uh, they're feisty. They live in the dirt. They're maybe a bottom six guy, you know, they're, they're out there. They're making shit happen. And, you know, when they're out on the ice, you might not always notice them, but there might be one time a game where they do something crazy. They're drawing a penalty. They're making a big hit. They're scoring a goal. They're then going on social media and they're tweeting something funny. And that is 100% Jacob Lauco. He is the groundhog of this team. That there was my nobody else, there's nobody else who even comes close. He embodies that we were saying that Seth Jarvis is a perfect representation of a closeted Swifty. And Jacob Lauco is the perfect embodiment of uh, not closeted, like he is out and he is a groundhog and everybody knows he's a groundhog and he just embodies everything that it means to be Puxatawney Phil. He's my yep. pick to be the Bruins groundhog. Yeah, I'm not even going to pick another one because I'm 100% Jacob Lauco, but I will say in the NHL, just the whole league, Pat Maroon. Is oh my god! Phil. He is. I mean, Pavarun is Punxsutawney Phil, dude, to a T. You know who? You know who else? I feel like could low key be a groundhog. His Phil I Kessel. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about Phil Kessel. I feel like he's more of a turtle. But like, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I, when I think of groundhog, I take in like players' stature, like their height, and I yeah, keep okay. Kucherov. Like, I feel like Kucherov just kind of looks like a groundhog. He's short, Kucherov. he's got stubby legs, and when he's putting an effort, not like he was at the All-Star game, and he's, you know, kind of chugging around, doing his little thing, he looks like a groundhog. But Kucherov could be like a groundhog with rabies. Um, yeah, because he's Russian? Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean <laughs> the groundhogs in Russia have, have rabies? I don't know. They might. They could. Who knows? <laughs> He's like, you don't know. No, you know who Kucherov is? Have you seen um have you seen the Simpsons movie? Yeah. 
You know the little squirrel that hops out of the radioactive lake with like the bajillion eyes? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Kucherov? Kuch- that's Kucherov. No, Kucherov, Kucherov is the um that like squirrel looking thing with the acorn from Ice Age. Yeah, the little He kind of looks like him a little bit too. What's his name again? Scratch? Scratch? Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, missed yeah. the migration, dude. Now he's stuck on the lightning. <laughs> he did. Um, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do a week look ahead, but we kind of already did that with the homestand. Um, also, we didn't do a three stars of the week, um, obviously because of the all star break. So that will be back next week. Um, Bruins right now thirty one nine and nine. Shout out to everybody for sending in the DMs. Shout out to Lovell for the Lovell line. Shout out to everybody else. Tommy who sent in the voicemails. Shout out to the UK boys holding down the fort over across oh, the ocean. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Connor and Jack for sending in other DMs. Yep, running red lights. You know, toodle pip. <laughs> Got to trademark that, dude. You have to. Um, but Bruins are back. Um, February 6th right now, quickly approaching April, quickly approaching playoffs. Um, It's going to be a great, exciting time for Bruins hockey. Um, Hopefully Trent Frederick continues to just dominate the way he has been. Hopefully Jake DeBrus continues to stay hot, keep producing. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens at the deadline. Are the Bruins going to make a big move? Are they going to stand pat? Are they just going to add depth? Um, Who knows? Do we see a defenseman out the door? Um, those are answers or those are questions that will be answered in the coming weeks. Um, but until then, I mean, we're playing basically playoff hockey right now. Every game is going to matter coming down the stretch. You got Florida chasing your tail. Tampa Bay is getting hot. Um, obviously we were on the same page. We don't want the president's trophy. So hopefully Vancouver, you know, continues their torrent pace across the league. Um, and yeah, it, nothing negative to say at all. I mean, this team is is pumping on all cylinders and 33 games to go. 32 by the time you listen to this game or by the time you listen to this episode. <laughs> um, but no, anything else to add as we hit the uh, final stretch of this episode? Uh, no, I'm one. I'm for one very happy that Bruins hockey's back. I saw the uh, the clips on Twitter of them walking into the garden today, and it was like, oh my god, where have you been my whole life? Uh, <laughs> sud- suddenly, my life isn't as dull anymore because we have actual hockey on TV. Um, and no, I'm happy. I can't wait to see how the season ends. I'm excited for the playoffs. Before I know it's gonna be right around the corner. And above all, let's go bees, baby. Hell, fucking yeah, let's go bees. Um, 31, nine and nine first in the Atlantic Boston Bruins, David Pasternak, 33 goals, 77 points. I believe, um, I'm not going to look it up or close it out too much effort on my part. Um, but yeah, 31, nine and nine Boston marching to the playoffs. Um, still the top of the Atlantic division, trying to solidify home ice throughout the Eastern conference. Um, again, don't go for the president's trophy. It never ends up on, on the right side of history. Um, but until then, episode 78, the Ray Bork plus Jeremy Swayman episode. Um, <laughs> you, as always, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods to keep yourself updated with all podcasts across the network, all articles across the network. Um, you can follow this show's Twitter handle at Bruin Something, no G at the end. Our YouTube page where we are posting shorts um, at Something's Bruin. And you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Until then, your Boston Bruins 31-9-9 before we wrap it up. 
Rest in peace, Toby Keith. Salute to Keith. To Keith. Uh, wait, wait. Can I tell one one quick Toby Keith story? Yes. When I was like 12 years old, maybe even younger, Toby Keith performed at the Boston Pops. And uh, my one of my neighbors, she, I don't know how, but she has tickets to the Boston Pops. We were going to sit front row. It was me, my mom, her, and her mom. And we ended up, I think I've told this story before. We ended up, uh, her family, they're local, they're police officers. So one of them was a Boston cop. So we got like a... Uh, what's what's the what's the phrase like when the the police cars were in front of us and we were driving an behind them there you go we got an escort directly to the boston pops right through traffic there was like six or seven cop cars in front of us we were in a blacked out escalade and we pulled up and we got out and we had uh backstage passes so we were walking around and i literally walked right past toby he was like right in front of me i walked past toby keith i had no idea who he was because i was like 10 or 11 years old but my mom was freaking out so that was really cool um but I just want to say that rest in peace, Toby Keith. I love you. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. Um, never forget the first time I ever heard him was e- either eighth grade or freshman year hockey locker room. Team was playing Red Solo Cup, and I immediately fell in love. I immediately fell in love Red with him. Solo Cup. Oh, oh yeah. that's Toby Keith. Yeah, yeah. Oh my dude, Legend. this was hit ten times harder than it was already hitting. God yep. damn it. Yep. But uh, yeah, so rest in peace, Toby Keith, um, forever in my Spotify playlist, um, top country music artists in my Spotify wrapped every year. But yeah, rest in peace, Toby Keith. Salute to Keith. American girls and American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead So we can sleep in peace at night When we lay down our heads My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wants my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy In the land of the free Now this nation that I Falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in From somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly Through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world Like the 4th of July Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name At the top of his list And a statue Sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A.
Cause we'll put a boot in your ass It's the American way Help us Sam Put your name at the top of his list